Well, I am super excited because my wife is here to give the word. You guys do me a favor and uh, welcome Pastor Michelle. Joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. That never gets old. We say that every week in Wycliffe. Well, hello, Cleveland. I know you all aren't really used to also so much lighting, but I really appreciate it um, because I asked for it tonight. <laughs> because I, I know we got a, I got a lot going on here for a Wednesday night 30-minute message here, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But Cleveland, I have so many um, memories here, so many wonderful memories. I remember the first time I went to uh, Beechwood before this campus opened, and I thought, man, that's a long drive. I ain't doing that again. And I didn't. And then the doors opened, and I thought, wow, this is awesome. 15-minute drive, a 12 o'clock service. And then 12 years later, I'm at Wycliffe at a 10 o'clock service. God is good. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Pastor Marlon and I are really intentional to count our blessings, as we all should be to be intentional to count our blessings every day. And today, instead of just telling you my blessing, I'm going to show you my blessing because I'm so excited. This just happened this weekend. So if you could show that video. Yes. Well, are you guys all ready? We're ready. I don't know. Are you ready? Are you ready? Four. Four. <laughs> That's our first grandson's coming this year. <laughs> Yay! First grandson. The Sadler name continues. So that just happened this week, so we're really excited about that. Our little granddaughter, Gianna, is going to be a big sister. Okay, so let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. It is such a pleasure and honor to always be in your presence, for we are lovers of your presence, God, and surrender the rest of this evening and this time to you, Lord. You have your way. You have your way, Lord. You have your way. Because we say yes. We say yes. Open our ears to hear your word, God, tonight. And our spirits to receive it and digest it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I did this message in Wycliffe on New Year's Day. What's our New Year's Day message? Um, we were talking about uh, Christmas. And at Christmas time, um, I had, like many of you, um, I had a lot of family over. You know, we have a lot of family over. We had like 25 people in our house. And you cook a nice big meal, and you set the table all nice and pretty. And then just envision that right when you're getting ready to go up to the table and to take your seat, just, you know, um, this uninvited guest just walks in your house. And we will call him Third Cousin Joe. Third Cousin Joe just walks in the house. He just sits, takes a chair at your table, and he wasn't invited. He wasn't invited because he's rude, he's obnoxious, he's disrespectful. This is not a real person, by the way, I'm making this part up. And he just starts digging into your food. 
And you don't say anything because a lot of times, you know, we want to be nice Christians and we tell ourselves, they just need to know Jesus. You know, we just need to show them the love of Jesus. So we let this uninvited guest continue to disrespect your dinner, be rude, obnoxious, and you just let him go. For how long? How long do you and I let the uninvited enemy sit at our table? Because God has prepared a table before you, but it is a table for two. It is a table for two. And just last month, when I was reflecting on the year, and then envisioning um, in, for the new year, I looked back and I was like, man, this was, last year was busy. Like, it was probably my busiest year. And I am a, I'm a really structured person. Like, I like order. I like schedules. I'm a banker. So I'm, I'm, I'm really organized. So looking back at last year, I thought, man, I really should have been overwhelmed and anxious. But I really wasn't. Like, God was just wonderful, and he just kept me balanced and sustained me, and it was, it was an amazing year. So then Pastor Marlon and I took a couple of days to, to you know, like, just to be together and with Jesus to look at the new year, and, and we knew the Lord told us, you know, this new year is our focus to, to grow. So that means setting a time more time, right? So if last year wasn't busy enough, this year's going to be even busier, and any time that you are purposeful in uh, devoting time to the Lord, uh, the enemy is just going to attack you harder. Like, that's just a given, right? That's just what he does. So I knew that I needed to be intentional to be ready offensively. Because it is always best to win a battle with offense than it is defense. It's always best to win a battle with offense than it is with defense. So I asked the Lord, I said, okay, so Lord, where do I need to focus on this year to develop a stronger offense? And he said, with your mind. He said, the enemy's gonna attack your thoughts. He's coming for your thoughts. He's coming for your mind. So then I got intentional and I started to study and um, I read this book called a Tab- um, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. It's a great book. But what I loved the most, what I got from it, was this passion and desire for Psalms 23, which led me to read another book specifically on that, but even more specifically on just verse 5. The Lord has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He's anointed your head with oil and your cup runneth over. That one verse packs the most powerful punch. And we're going to read all of Psalm 23. Don't get worried. There's only six verses. But really, this next 30, the next 30 minutes is going to be focused on just that one scripture because that's how powerful it really is. So let's read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
What a beautiful song by King David. Right, like he's just reflecting his trust and confidence in the Lord. And those first four verses, uh, he is the, the picture of God as our shepherd. And, and God is pictured as our, or mentioned as our shepherd throughout the Bible. And Jesus is our good shepherd, you know, in the New Testament. And then in those last two verses, God is the host. God is hosting you at the table that he has prepared for you. Because the Lord has prepared a table before you. So that means to prepare is to arrange or to plan. Well, that means God was intentional then. If he was planning the table for you, he was intentional, which means he had you in mind for your table. And this table, this, this isn't pizza. This isn't chicken nuggets. Like, this is legit banquet table. Pastor Marlon and I were dating when we, um, you know, we laid it all out real quick because, you know, we, we weren't dating to just date. Like, we were dating with intentions, okay, this could be marriage. So we didn't hold anything back. And, like, real early on, like, I want to say, like, maybe the second week, I just told him, I was like, I don't like to cook. I really don't like to cook. Like, I seriously don't like to cook. So if that's your love language, I'm not the right woman for you because I can't see myself doing this every night. Like, I'll eat anything. Thank goodness it wasn't. And go figure, this year, one of our goals this year was to start cooking together, and we cooked for the first time. We'll be married seven years, and we cooked for the first time together last week. It was fun. And it wasn't pizza. This table is a banquet table that the Lord has put before you. The provision is endless. And when he says before you, when the scripture says before you, that means face to face. That means face to face. So this is a fellowship. God's dining with you. He's going to sit with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to dine with you. He wants you to gaze into his eyes and see his love for you. Remember, he made this table intentionally for you intentionally for you. So your table is going to look different than mine because God knows what you need today. He knows what your heart's desires are and, and they're different than mine. So what I need today and my desires are gonna be specific because that's how God loves us. So let's take a look at my table. Let's see what God did today. Oh, he knows me. He really knows me. I do love my fruits and vegetables. And you're not going to believe this. But he is so funny. Like, he put this all on my brand new charcuterie board. And you all don't understand the significance of that. But when, fear, when we had a fearless event here, like in November, it was a charcuterie board event. I didn't know what that was. And then I couldn't pronounce it when I found out what it was. So every week I had to go up on stage and do transitions and announcements and I couldn't pronounce charcuterie. So this lovely lady in Wycliffe bought me this lovely board for Christmas and it pronunciates it on the board. It actually pronounced charcuterie on the board. God is so funny. He would put this on my table, of course. What else do we have on my table? Oh my goodness. Espresso, a little bit of water. 
little bit of cream, and one stevia. This is what I have every morning. I love this. He's so fun. He knows me. He really knows me. <gasps> Let's sit down at the table. You know, the best part, besides all of this provision, is the provider, yeah. right? He's sitting with me. He's sitting with you. He's dining with you. And you know, like at dinner time when the family's all together, right? That's so much fun. Like you want, to, you want dinner to last a little bit longer because there's no cell phones or TV, right? And you got to talk to each other. He wants you to linger at the table. Yeah. He wants you to linger at the table. So don't be so quick to get up. I mean, he's the creator of time. He hasn't set an alarm clock. He has no limits on the time to spend with you. He won't get up until you do. So linger at the table. Because when you linger at the table, you'll find everything you need. When you linger in the presence of God, you find, I, might, I, I, I need some joy today. I find my peace today. And then when you linger longer and you dine on the word of God, you've got to dine and feast on the word of God, you'll find what you need before you even know you need it. You will find what you need before you even know you're going to need it. Let's look at Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. Be strong and of good courage. So, I wonder why I'll need courage today. Because the Lord knew that the enemy was going to be throwing snowballs of discouragement at me, but because I lingered at the table and I dined on the word, they had no effect. They have no effect, because that's how powerful the word is. And they miss every time. Every time. Do you know what else, what else you can do at the table when you linger? You get to share your provision. Share your provision. Because there are going to be times where somebody is going to need that. They're going to need you to share your joy. They're going to be in a crisis and they're going to need you to share your courage with them. It's to share your provision. Because, see, you can't hoard it, right? You can't hoard it. I mean, the Israelites tried to do that. Do you remember? They tried to. They were, like, hungry, and God said, okay, I'm going to feed you, but I'm only giving you enough for today because I need you to trust me that I'll feed you tomorrow. But sure enough, some of them didn't listen, and they hoarded it, and it all turned to maggots. God doesn't want you to hoard it because he wants you to trust him that he will feed you again tomorrow, and he wants you back at the table. You've, it's meant to share. When I was, my two lovely sisters and I, when we were young, I have two older sisters, my parents were, were kind of stinkers because they would make us eat in the kitchen while they went and ate in the living room and watched TV. Yeah, they did. And me and my middle sister... We didn't really, either we didn't like my mom's cooking or we just didn't like to eat because we didn't like what mom was putting in front of us. And you couldn't throw it away. You, big, big trouble if you threw away your food. 
And so we would sit there every night and we'd just be like, we don't like this food, we don't eat it. So our older sister, she's so protective and she was so sweet. She would try to eat all three of our meals, you know, but she couldn't eat three, but she'd give it, you know, she'd really try and she'd eat what she could, but then there would still be some in me and my little sister Tammy would be like, what do we do? And we're young, we don't know what to do. And then we noticed that there's a big register. Do you know those big houses? I mean, those old houses, they have these registers on the side of the, and, and you could fit like an animal down there. So we were like, we don't know where that goes. Let's just throw the food down the register. That worked for a couple of days until the heat kicked on one day, right? And then that didn't go over so well because the provision that my sweet, lovely mom wasn't very good to us, that's not like God's provision. This is the best provision, more than enough because you're gonna need to share it. You're meant to share it. You're meant to share it. Just the, other, just the other day, a lovely woman came into Wycliffe and I was at the front greeting people and she came in with her head down and I said, how are you doing this morning? And she just, she just said, I'm here. And I knew what she was going through. I knew the grief and the loss that she just experienced. And I just looked at her again. I said, you're doing great. She just smiled, but she at least lifted her head that time. And I wouldn't stop. I went in even stronger, and I grabbed her by the hand. I said, you are doing fantastic. And she perked up. She goes, you're right. I am doing fantastic. That's how you share your provision. Amen? The Lord has prepared a table for you, before you. In the presence of my enemies. Why? Because, God, you, this is a table for two. So why do they have to be all around? I don't want them here. I, didn't, I don't want them here. So why are they here? What could they possibly add? How could they possibly add any value to our table, to our communion, to, to our time, intimate time? Well, the first reason they're here is to build your faith and knowledge to know that he will sustain you because he never promised to remove those troubles and those hurts and those pains, but he did promise to provide for you. He did promise to meet every need. Why are they here? To watch you shine. To watch the goodness of God in your life has got to be torturous, torturous for the enemy. Think about that. Like, I would, I would imagine is that Pastor Dion back there? Don't ever do this, but I'm going to use you. I'm going to use your beautiful children, but don't do this. But can you imagine the, the, the pain in poor little Tommy's heart if you were to tell him, we're all eating ice cream, but you don't get any today? Like, that's like the worst punishment ever, right? That's torturous. The enemies have to just watch as you dine on his goodness. Why are they here to watch you worship? Remember, it's all for the glory of God. Right. Everything is to give glory, glory to God. He will be praised. Yeah. And, and they just have to watch that as you dine, in, dine with him and as you linger in his presence, God will be exalted. Right. And why are they here? To expose them. God doesn't want you blindsided. You know that song, This Is How I Fight My Battles? The actual lyrics say, at my table, at the table. This is how I fight my battles, at the table, in your presence. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
Because God is surrounding everything and everyone that looks like they're surrounding you. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. He's always close by. He's always close by. And he's throwing darts of thoughts at you all day. He's just throwing them, hoping one's going to stick. And the only way to give him a seat is when you let him stick, is with your mind. It's the only way you let him in is with your mind. And see, we have those random thoughts, and we don't always have control over that first thought. Let's get real. I mean, there's many times I've had a thought come to my mind. I was like, oh, sweet Jesus, I'm so sorry that was not me. Like, you know that happens. We don't always have control over that first thought. But you do have control over how you respond to that thought. You have control over the next thought. What do you let happen next? So you're sitting at the table. Here's an example for you. And a random thought comes in. Oh, I forgot to call Sharon back again. The right response would be, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'll call her back later. And then you go right back into the presence. You go right back into the presence with your father. The wrong response would be, oh, man, I forgot to call Sharon back again. Oh, man, not again. You can't do nothing right. You're always messing up. Now she's really going to be mad. She's going to hate you. She's going to be offended. She's going to talk about you. And here he comes. Why, thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for giving me a seat. Let me join you. Oh, how about I just destroy all of your provision, and I'm not going to stop there. Let me go in a little deeper. And he comes off a little, he comes off as if he's on your side. He's not aggressive. Oh, no, you've done giving him a seat now. You know what? It's okay, Michelle. Don't call her back. Don't call her back. She shouldn't be offended anyway. Isn't she supposed to forgive you seven times 70 or something like that? Isn't that something like what the Bible says? I wouldn't call her back because they just ask too much from you anyway. It's not your fault. Did your coworker actually send you an email in all caps? <laughs> all caps? And you didn't give her a piece of your mind? What is wrong? I can't believe you. I mean, I would never take that. I would never take that. That's just... Oh, that is so wrong. And when is God going to answer your prayers anyway? You've been praying like forever. Why doesn't he care? Why isn't he listening? I'm so sorry. Here, have a cupcake. You know what? You deserve two. Just have two. Oh, my goodness. Did you just cough? I heard you cough. You got COVID. Now you can't go to church. You're going to get somebody sick. But if you don't go to, if you don't go to church, they're going to be like, Pastor Michelle didn't go to church, but Mar Pastor Marlon's there. I wonder what happened. Did they split up? All of that because you gave him control over that second thought. All of that because you gave him control. That's how you give him a seat at your table. He knows how to tempt you. He knows how to tempt you to give him a seat. And he will often appear as if he's on your side. So you will forget that he is a cold-blooded murderer. What happens when you gave him a seat? How do you kick him out? Really simple. You just expose the lies. Don't let him go unnoticed. Oh, no, no. Don't let him go unnoticed and act like you didn't hear his lies. You call him out on those lies. I hear you. I see you. And that's not what's going to happen because Sharon is my friend. She loves me. She's forgiving. And I'm going to apologize to her. So get thee behind me, Satan. 
time to move out. You take every thought captive. You got to take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And you have to say it like it's yours. Say it like, you're, like it's yours. I take every thought captive. I make it obedient to the voice of God. Your enemies may be all around you with purpose. Sometimes they even get in your face, but they can't touch you when you linger in the presence of the Lord at the table. You ever gone to a haunted house? But don't do it. Like, it's horrible. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. But as a teenager, I did. That was a really, really long time ago. And what they do is they dress up to scare you. They are purposeful to, to scare you. They'll come up behind you. They'll come beside you. And they'll even get right in your face. But they can't touch you. The enemy can't touch you when you stay at the table, when you stay in his presence all around you, but they can't touch you. The Lord has prepared a table before you. I'm going to close now. In the presence of your enemies, he has anointed your head with oil and your cup runneth over. Picture Father God anointing your head with oil. That was custom. That was the culture that the host would show favor on the guest and anoint their head with oil. God is favoring you when you go to the table, anointing your head, saying, you are welcomed here. This seat's just for you. And your cup runs over because you will never lack. You will never lack. There's always enough. So linger. Linger in the Lord's presence, and it will strengthen you. It will strengthen your faith. It will build your offense so you won't have to defend so much. It will build your offense. You won't have to defend so much. Because the enemy won't quit throwing those snowballs of discouragement and pain and hurt and lies, but they will have no effect. They can't stick. They can come, but they can't stick. There is purpose in your enemies being present, amen? There is purpose. They watch. They have to watch as you dine on God's goodness, as you dine on his goodness and his favor and his provision. Don't give the enemy a seat at the table because if you give him your mind, he will take your life. If you give him your mind, he will take your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you for the visual, Lord, that you anoint us with oil to show your love and your favor and to show that we are a guest at your table, a guest that you're in your presence, and it is a table for two. We get to linger with you and dine on your word and your provision. Although the, the enemies are present and, the, uh, present and the attacks are real, they have no effect on us. 
they can't touch. They can't be, they can't stick when we linger in your presence and we dine on your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All it takes to be offered a seat at the table is to repent. Accept God's gracious invitation if you've never done that. And do it tonight. And then once you do, the enemy has to move out and watch. He's got to be a bystander after that and watch as you dine on God's goodness. And celebrate your new life. Amen? So thank you for joining tonight. We are always, always here and ready to pray. Prayer works. We love to pray with you. Live right, love everyone. Pray hard, God bless you.